0: grind of sports media how they got there again we're talking with grace olson sports reporter producer mmj usa 9 in washington dc grace just 26 years old so we are the same age right now but you know what made you want to get into the sports media industry initially when did you have an idea this is kind of what you wanted to do with your career
1: well my in journalism and in all of this that we do in television and all types of media, everyone will kind of say the basis of it is all storytelling, right? So it's whether you're in news and you're covering some, you know, fire down the street or whether you're covering a game story, you know, giving a game recap, it's all telling a story. And I can honestly say that that's been my favorite thing, that core kind of um, interest, you know, my entire life. I was always writing when I was younger Um, writing has always just come naturally to me. When we got writing assignments in school, I was excited about it and happy about it. When everyone else was like, I don't want to do that paper, yada, yada, yada. Uh, That's basically how I was. I love that.
0: I'm not a big writer.
1: I can find little what you said you are or you're not.
0: I'm not a big writer. That was never one of my strong suits. I'm I'm starting to get into it now. I've I've started writing some fantasy football articles for CBS Sports Radio, but – you know, it was never one of my big things growing up, so that's interesting that you really loved writing, especially just, even if it was just kind of, you know, school papers that you had to write.
1: Yeah, I, I don't know what it is. It's like, even editing people's papers, like, grammar or whatever, it's like a weird, you know, everyone has their geeky, like, things that they like to do. One of mine is, like, editing people's papers, so, like, I can scan through, you know, some people's minds just think numbers, like, automatically, numbers, like. I'm like that with grammar and spelling. I can just scan through a paper like, what's wrong here, what's wrong there, blah, blah, blah. And so um, that's kind of the basis for what I've always wanted to do. I remember in middle school, I don't know if you watched this show, but there was a show they had us play in the school called Channel One News. Um, It was a production put on by high school students um, out of L.A. So obviously they they had the help of adult managers, but – It was this full-on newscast, and it was not kind of dinky-looking. It was, like, real pretty top-notch-looking. And everyone else, again, didn't want to watch it, and I loved watching it. And that was when I first really started thinking, you know, everyone's always shoving the question down your throat, what do you want to be and what do you want to do when you grow up? And watching that, I was thinking, TV host or something like that would be really cool. So um, I kind of thought that. And then midway through high school, I was just – I started really following sports just on my own. I'm not – You know, I grew up in the South, where football's huge, in Georgia and Atlanta, but I'm not part of a family that's diehard sports in any type of way. But I remember a good friend of mine who played football, we were sitting in class, and he he asked our guy friends, you know, when is the NFL draft? And I was like, oh, it's April 13th, just, you know, sitting over near the guys. And he's like, wait, what? How do you know that? And I was like, I don't know. And that's when it kind of hit me just how much I was following it, just on my own, just out of pure interest. Um, following sports, and so I was watching an NFC um, championship game, and my mom was like, can you ever think about doing sports, you know, journalism? I was like, yeah, I was kind of thinking about maybe following sports just as an interest on the side, but then it hit me. I'm like, you know what? I think I may think about this sports journalism thing, and then my athletic director in high school knew what I wanted to do at that point. That was probably my sophomore year. He set me up with a girl from my hometown who works as a production coordinator for ESPN? She came to visit her parents, met me at the high school. She told me how I could get involved with the network um, once I was in college, kind of was like a production assistant type of job. So my, you know, freshman year I went to all the Georgia, I was UGA, so I went to all the Georgia Bulldogs football games like any other student. And then beginning of sophomore year, I said, "I know this is a competitive field. I've got to get serious about this." Um, so I emailed her beginning of the season. Worked at Georgia Arkansas football game. I remember. Heather Cox was with ESPN at the time. She was the reporter on the game. I worked with the photographer that was going around town shooting all the scenic shots and interviews and worked with him the whole day, and I was just hooked on the production. And from then on, I worked I over 100 network type of, you know, sporting events. I did, I did Final Fours during college. I somehow managed to carry my majors along and not, you know, fail my classes and still – you know, participate in these events. I did final fours. I did just championship games and little league world series stuff and MLB network and NFL network and all that kind of stuff. I would work as like a production assistant with the reporters, basically do all, everything that they needed. And on those, you know, throughout those experiences, I would really just try to soak up as much as I could more through watching rather than through question asking, because, you know, these people are in the middle of games and stuff. So it's, it's not – I'm not a big question asker when I can tell people are really busy. But, you know, watching the Vern Lundquist final call of a college football game last night with the Army-Navy game, that that was cool for me to watch because I was sat in the booth with them through many SEC football games and um, some of the golf that Vern would do. And just Gary and Vern sitting there watching them, that was an awesome experience. And I worked a lot with Tracy Wolfson on the sidelines and lots of other reporters. Um, with the network, so that's just, you know, every game I did, my mom was like, Grace, you're going to burn out, you need to take this weekend off, and I was like, no, I'll be fine, you know, so I never burned out, I'm still loving it today, so now I'm doing, kind of stepped away from that stuff, started doing my own work, you know, you have to step away, be the reporter yourself, get that experience, and maybe circle back, eventually use those connections that you made, so I was in Atlanta working for a while, doing high school football and basketball and freelancing with the CBS affiliate there and now I've been in D.C. for about a year and a half and it's just an awesome market. big sports. They don't always push it to the pinnacle which you know I'm used to in Atlanta but it's still a great (laughs) sports town.
0: Absolutely and that's you know that's that's a great story. So when you originally you know you're watching that show which I had never seen growing up but you know you said you were watching it nobody else really wanted to watch it but you were really intrigued by it and that's that's kind of what made you start thinking the wheels start turning in your mind. And I know my dad, when I was in high school, it always kind of threw in the back of your mind. I'm sure your parents and, and people did too, that, Hey, you know, just kind of have an idea of what you want to do going into college. Or, you know, if you can, can have an idea of what you want to do in high school, that's even better. And so you're sitting there, you're watching the show and you're thinking, Oh, you know, this looks like something that would be interesting to do. Now, were you a little nervous getting in front of the camera and doing things like that? Or did it kind of always come naturally to you?
1: Well, I have to say yes, only because my senior year of high school was my first. My first television was live television, so I was interning. I did two internships plus worked all those all those events I'm talking about with the network. So that was actual work. You know, I was being paid for that. But I did do two internships. Um, one of them was at our local, our Fox affiliate in Atlanta, um, with the sports department. I was there, and there was a guy filling in anchoring who said, I think you would be great for what we're trying to do over at GPB, Georgia Public Broadcasting. It's the PBS affiliate in Atlanta, um, which is a huge supporter of high school sports. They bring in, you know, network-level people to shoot games. So there's, they do full-game productions, replay, you know, sideline reporters, a pregame show, halftime postgame show, you know, highlights afterwards. They have guys in the booth who have, done sports for years and years and years at high level so this is a bang up production for high school sports that gets a lot of viewership i mean this past weekend was the high school football championships um the georgia high school football championships and i had people tweeting me i'm not kidding the last time i did stuff with them was over two years ago saying we miss you on these broadcasts i you know blah 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 and it's just so nice to see you know, that people are still remembering what, you know, what I did a couple of years ago. But that's how meaningful it is to people in Georgia. And, you know, it's at, it's Georgia. It sounds very, you know, southern rural. But Atlanta is a huge city. I mean, it's the country's eighth, you know, most populated city. So it's a huge town. Um, but, but when I was a senior at Georgia, that was my first experience on TV was that live stuff. And I was kind of thrown to the wolves there doing kind of sideline things reporting on social media, figuring out all the social media stuff, and being part of the the pregame and halftime postgame shows. And so nobody really guided me, to be honest. I kind of had to just figure it out myself. So it was pretty nerve-wracking, you know. But I came into it with a more well-rounded perspective already of how television works because for the last few years leading up, I had worked with the network stuff. So I knew what a TV truck is who all the people in there are, you know, the producer and the director and the technical director and the audio people. I knew what all those pieces were doing. So it kind of helped with my vision of where I fit into everything. So it was nerve-wracking, especially because I'd never been told, hey, talk about this or say this, or here, I've got this written out, just say this. It's all me figuring out storylines myself and me, you know, sideline reporting, doing the research prior and, and making sure I know everything up and down and, hey, this story about this running back, and you know, in this matchup last time he did this, and where does this fit into the broadcast? To me, it's kind of like a puzzle. And so I always had to figure out where do I fit in that puzzle and how is this information relevant? And always being really prepared was my big thing. You know, in sports, it's a guy's game. It just is. And so you have to be um, prepared as a woman you know, I hate saying as a woman, but you do, you know, to kind of fit into that, the whole whole scheme of sports TV and stuff. So I've always been um, big on preparation. And I think, you know, people say luck is preparation meeting opportunity. So for the jobs that I'm talking about that I've come across and been, you know, given the opportunity to do and all of that kind of stuff, it's just being prepared when people come to you, you know, wanting you to do something and, and then you can strike out or you can do well and and keep going from there. And so hopefully that's what I've been able to do to this point.
0: Hey, you bring up a great point uh, because sports reporting and sports uh, television and and journalism is, you know, largely for a long time was was sort of a boys club. And and now we're seeing a lot of females get into it and do an exceptional job. And and you're, you know, fitting right into that mold. You said you would work with Tracy Wolfson, but you look at a, a woman like Jessica Mendoza, what she's doing, broadcasting on ESPN. I'm not the most, I'm not the biggest fan of her analysis, but I do do think she, you know, she sounds good on, on TV. She knows, you know, what she's talking about most of the time. And um, and I really like that saying, luck in preparation meets opportunity. That's, that's that's really cool. Now you touched kind of on your journey a little bit, but kind of go back and, and kind of just take us through the journey. I know you've done a bunch of internships. you went to the university of Georgia. Uh, just talk about what kind of internships jobs you've kind of had to get and had to do, that helped you get to where you're at right now?
1: Well, you know, I'm never a big prodder of names and, you know, name-dropping and who I've worked with and things like that. So I kind of – it's not mentioned a lot of times when I'm doing, you know, the next job, like here at my job at the CBS affiliate in D.C. I don't even know if the people I work around fully know all the events that I did kind of at the network level, you know, leading up to this. But um, Because to me it's not about – I'm not a big celebrity person or with athletes. I think that's one thing that's allowed me to do so many jobs and do the things that I've done to this point because I don't get wowed by celebrity. Um, So I can work around athletes and respect what they've done, but I'm not, you know, oh, my God, you know, praising the ground that they walk on. And I actually, saying that now, I flat out remember, I worked at Turner Sports, and I remember a production manager saying, the reason you can work here is because, you know, when Shaq is sitting in the same room, you're not, just wanting to talk to Shaq the whole time. And we've had people who want to work here and they do that and they come in and ask for something like an autograph and we're like, okay, no, you you can't work here because you can't be that way about the celebrity, you know. So um, I, I think that I have a very kind of go-getter mentality. I'm a busy bee, worker bee, always working, always doing things. And so that's what kept me through college, you know, really on top of my game in terms of this week, this weekend, you know, instead of just hanging out, I want to work this event. Or I want to work that event. So I'm always finding who who can help me get there. Who do I need to email to work this game or this event? Um, so I was always on top of it and always wanting to do things and wanting to be busy. Um, so, like I said, I started working the network stuff with ESPN my sophomore year. And I've worked with um, ESPN and ABC Sports, other levels of ESPN, with ESPNU, ESPN2, and, you know, doing all pretty much every sport that they do, women's basketball, WNBA, all that kind of stuff. Um, and then that kind of parlayed over to CBS Sports, um, doing all the different events that they do, um, you know, ABC Sports and the network, the, like, MLB Network, um just all of the others, I mean, literally, pretty much all of them, I would just find ways to kind of get in and learn who the production managers are, or they're also called operations producers, because they hire people who did the job that I did. And it was very different on those jobs, you know, what you'd be doing. Um, most of the time, I'd be with the sideline reporters or the announcers in the booth. Um, just kind of helping with what they need. I'd help with staff, kind of be an eye on the field. You know, in a a production when there's a color analyst and a play-by-play guy, they have a spotter who's watching on the field, you know, to look for yardage and look for extra things that maybe the announcers didn't see and point them out so that the broadcast doesn't have any missing pieces in it. And so I would kind of serve as that sometimes on the field with those sideline reporters, you know, making sure that I know what's going on as well and I'm always surveying the action and can help out with anything that they need. Um, so I did all of those jobs. And then I also did two internships. Um, I mentioned Turner. So I grew working at SEC game with CBS Sports. I remember I was at an Alabama game. And um, one of the guys I was working with said, hey, I work at Turner, and I know you live in Atlanta. I just got a full-time job. I can't do this anymore. Would you be interested? So I contacted um, the girl who was working at Turner, and she wound up, you know, she saw that I had experience working with the network, so she hired me. Uh, to work in studio for inside the NBA and um, eventually that led to also NBA TV because NBA TV is half owned by the league and half owned by Turner so they operate out of the same studios as the um, NBA you know inside the NBA stuff NBA on TNT so I worked with that crew with um, Charles and and um, and everybody and I was there when Shaq first joined the group so that was interesting there's a little Odd dynamic there with both Charles and Shaq thing on, um, on the same crew because they're both kind of that big and big personality type of thing going on. So you know, Kenny Smith Uh-oh. kind of he does his own thing and kind of stays to himself. And Ernie is, um, Ernie Johnson is quite the facilitator of that loud, rambunctious group. But I have to say, they were the most fun then, and the Baseball Tonight crew. We're the most fun groups of guys I've ever worked with. I mean, literally we'd be in there. We we call it the viewing room. So when NBA games are going on, we're sitting together, it's about 10 of us sitting together, watching the games. And Charles would have us crying laughing. I mean, we'd be crying laughing at his stories. He is what you see on air is absolutely 110% who he is off air. It's just, it's so cool to see. And people love him and are endeared to him for exactly that reason. So, um, and I did two internships. One with Fox Five Sports in Atlanta, and then I did an internship with Turner Sports as well, just for the heck of it. I didn't need the credit or anything. I just wanted to do it. So um, along with working with them, I did an internship with them.
0: So who was the bigger goofball? Was it Shaq or was it was it was it King Charles or Sir Charles?
1: I was gonna go into that. I I think if you use the word the term goofball, goofy is actually more what Shaq is, whereas Charles is more just funny. I think just, at his core, Charles is just a funny person, you know? He has no qualms about anything he says, of course. We all know that.
0: Oh, Whereas, no. No filter.
1: No, it's like, he's the epitome of no filter, but, but Shaq is hysterical and just being a good He's always pulling these, like, stunts. You know? He loves pulling little stunts. Like, they, you know when Charles was doing those, um, all the weight loss stuff with Weight Watchers? Yeah. All of the guys got on this little thing. You know, they're all, they're competitive at their core, to use that term again. They're all competitive, you know, athlete, like athletes are. And so they all joined the bandwagon. And so the other guys weren't working with Weight Watchers. They were like, we're going to make this competition and see who can lose the most weight. So Shaq decides that, you know, he and Charles are going to be going up against each other who can lose the most weight because they're both freaking massive people. And so Shaq started bringing his personal trainer to every show at Turner. So his personal trainer was sitting alongside wow. him, you know, ordering food. You know, he was part of the crew now. And not only yep. that, they bring an elliptical into the studio. <laughs> so an elliptical was set up outside the viewing room that I mentioned, where there's TV there so he can go see the game. And his trainer's standing there right next to him. Well, Shaq is on the elliptical during – first quarter of an NBA game you know say Clippers are playing Spurs or whatever well Shaq is on his elliptical just absolutely sweating it out then he dries off his face all sweaty and you know put the suit back on and there he is at halftime you know and his guy is his trainer standing right there next to him and making sure he's eating the right food and he w- he started drinking green tea because he heard green tea is healthy you know but the problem yeah. is that he was using an espresso-sized cup. You know those dinky little coffee cups where you can barely fit anything in them? They're like these little yeah. paper cups. That Turner, they, for some reason, they never thought we needed a bigger cup. They're these little tiny things. You can fill it with green tea, and I kid you not, 15 sweet loaves in that tiny oh. cup. So we're like, okay, mm. hey, well, you're trying to lose weight, but you're kind of killing yourself at the same time. I mean, what? 15? Like, those things are That's strong, insane. like. I would use less than half of a sweet loaf for a cup this small, and he was putting 15 in there.
0: And our oh. makeup
1: lady, I remember her telling me like I'm limiting, I'm weaning him off, limiting him to 13, and then 10, and you know that type of thing. So, but the antics mm-hmm. these guys pull, I mean, another time you know pops to mind. This was during you know they do, um, yeah, this was still the NBA season. This is in the spring. We get two flat screen TVs. We put the flat screens up outside in the loading dock area and bring two huge lazy Boy type of leather couches out there. And Okay, I'm sorry. This is baseball season because I'm remembering David Wells is in the studio. He's a huge hunter. And so there you go. He, I get to work one day and he's like, Grace, come here. I'll show you something. So We're walking around. There are three full industrial-sized sinks and two refrigerators filled with the meat that he had shot oh, and geez. cut when he was out hunting. And this was like bloody red meat that was filling everything. And so I'm like, mm. oh, God, I'm, I'm, I am I want to throw up now. This looks disgusting. But anyways, they brought a couple grills and all those couches and the TVs, and they set it up in the loading dock. It was a gorgeous day. And we cooked the meat that he had, you know, kill, hunted or whatever, or whatever term you use. And we, you know, sit there and have hamburgers and whatever, the, our crew together. And the baseball guys are, you know, a ton of fun, too. They're a lot more straight-laced. Than the NBA guys like actually a lot more is an understatement as well. It's like they're totally different <laughs> in that. But David is really funny. And just, I mean, Turner's my favorite company I've worked for. And they they just clearly, you know, bring along some great experiences. So fun, fun times over there.
0: So how, did you like deer meat? is that the first time you've had it?
1: Did I like what?
0: Deer meat. Wasn't that what David Wells shot and yes, killed and hunted? Was. Yeah,
1: it Definitely a different flavor. That was the first time I had had it. I'm pretty sure. I think maybe I'd had a bite, you know, before that at some point. But yeah. that was the first time i had, like, actually solidly eaten something like that. So it was good. I mean, it was some quality stuff. It's kind of interesting to see, like, that you can just go out and hunt, and it turns out the same way as the stuff you buy in the grocery store. I mean, it sounds like it's such a dumb thing to say, but, like, hunters, <laughs> that's just that's where they get their meat. They're not going to Costco the way that we are and that type of thing. You exactly.
0: Know? Mm-hmm. now talking about the food who ended up winning the weight challenge I know I'm, I'm sure it, it was probably Shaq I mean the way that you talk about it how he's on the elliptical mid uh, game and, and gets himself ready for and he's got the you know personal trainer with him was it Shaq or did, did Charles Barkley figure out some way to, to, to beat him
1: you know I think at a point it was Charles but Charles goes in and out he ebbs and flows like he'll gain all the way back and then he'll kind of lose some more again. So I think I think at a point it was Charles, but I think overall Shaq probably won it. Um,
0: yeah.
1: But unfortunately, I can't give you a clear-cut answer on that one. But Charles, he does have his ebbs and flows with the whole weight thing.
0: Yeah, it's like a roller coaster for Charles. We've seen him in times where he blew, he's blown up, and times where he he's like, okay, you know, he, he looks like he's in shape. But that's a tough way to live when you're going up and down on that weight roller coaster. And then. With Shaq, with the, the, the 15 sweet loads for one of those small cups? Are you kidding me?
1: I know. It's, oh. I, I can't even imagine. I think it would give me a headache to take one sip of something like that. It's just, you know, because I've used those, like, artificial sweeteners, and they're just really intense, and too much of it definitely makes something taste very fake. You know, like there's something that's in here that I shouldn't be drinking. So to load that much in there, I mean, I don't know how his body wasn't freaking out inside. I mean, I think he's got just, organs of steel you know to handle something like that
0: yeah apparently anyways we're talking with grace olsen a sports reporter producer MMJ for w usa 9 in washington dc she's kind of letting us dive into her career right now in the latest the grind of sports media how they got there and now let's move on quick because you know we've taken up a lot of your time and I, and if you've got nothing going on that's terrific i appreciate you staying here with us but you know, I wanted to ask you what your uh, what your dream job was, and and where do you want to end up? You know, what kind of market do you want to be in? What what what's the end goal for Grace Olson?
1: Very good question. You know, I love this business so much that I really like. What I like about local sports television is the kind of do all side of it in terms of getting to do feature stories, uh, getting to do game recaps, getting to break down the numbers sometimes, and then also getting to know more of the person side of things sometimes. Um, so that's what I really love about local. And I say that because that's kind of the way I want my career to unfold overall. Um, at some point, I'd really like to work on longer form sports stuff. I love for 30 for 30s. You know, I love E60. I love those types of things. So I'd really like to be – play a role in, in that type of sports production, you know, as my career goes along. The cool thing is that you can work on those th- things while you're doing other things. Um, so the live in-game stuff in terms of sideline reporting, it's very – it kind of keeps your brain very awake and alert. And that's why I love this business. You always have to be alert. I couldn't do a job where I'm just going doing the same mundane thing every day. The variety in this is very – you know, keeps you alive, keeps me exhilarated. And, and so I'd really like to, you know, at the NFL – and football is my favorite sport, so, you know, working NFL Network or something like that at some point would be really awesome and ideal, you know, hosting some type of football show probably um, and then getting to work on the feature type of stuff on the side as well, um, I think would be kind of ideal. So I've never really said, hey, this person has this role. That's what I want. I've never said, you know, Pam Oliver or, you know, Samantha Ponder or this person or that person, I want their role. I just kind of envision it as a a career that kind of develops along as as opportunities come up. You know, sometimes you can't – you can only control the opportunities people provide you. You know, like say somebody came to me with, hey, we've got this job at NBA TV, you know, and even if I'm thinking this way, this one direction with NFL stuff, sometimes if somebody wants you to do something, kind of gear up and say, okay, well, maybe that will be a great opportunity for me. So you never really know. But if it was up to me, a football focus um, and, you know, working on live day game of type of stuff plus the, the type of feature, getting to know the person on the side.
0: So football, obviously, your favorite to cover. Would you rather be, you know, would you rather be hosting that show on game day or would you rather be the reporter, you know, reporting live from – Lambeau feels while getting pelted with, with snow, which, is the, which would be the case right now?
1: Well, you know, I think you kind of earn your stripes doing the latter, you know, being the, in the middle of – I love being in the middle of the action. So there's nothing like being in that game scenario. You know, especially like the Sunday night football game when you found a good match up there, it's hard to beat. thought of, you know, being in the middle of that middle of that even when it's crazy cold and the weather's just absolutely insane you know real football weather like people call it I mean honestly I've barely experienced what a lot of people call real football weather being from the south so you know I've got to get some electric socks and electric an electric suit or something like that to wear like repeated heated (laughs) or something if I get to that point because it's just going to be you know my body is is not acclimated to that type of thing but you know being in the middle of the action there's nothing like that so I think you know eventually getting to hosting I think being at the games and stuff is is what I'd choose and then you know eventually hosting you know later on is kind of how I'd like to do it and I think when you've been in the trenches like that you know you because reporting and definitely more you say in the trenches of course you're not in just a little uh, stable environment type of thing and you're kind of figuring things out on the fly and on the go more so than in studio. studio, um, I think that's where you kind of earn the right to be in the studio and, and you get a better perspective of just everything going on.
0: Digging out a football term there, in the trenches. I like it. I like it. That was uh, good. <laughs> exactly. <was> yeah. <laughs> so finally you you're balls. great. Go ahead. What did you say?
1: I said you've got to work in those little coin phrases every now and then. <laughs>
0: Of course, of course. So now to finish up here, Grace, just kind of give me some advice you'd give someone, you know, in college or just kind of starting out in the industry. What would you say to them as far as kind of getting into what you're doing now? How would you go about it? I know you can ask, and this is one thing that I've I've kind of told people and that was told to me that when I was coming up in the industry, that you can ask 10 different people about how they got to where they are and you get 10 different answers. That's why I like kind of this advice section where you kind of talk, speak from your own personal experience and advice that you would give people that made you successful to get to where you are right now.
1: A few things pop to mind. The first is that if you're unsure at all about doing this, you know, you may be tentative about nervous about this or not sure about this. If you're not sure about doing this though, don't do it. Because it takes far too much passion Every force tries to push you out of this industry. Um, It's uber competitive. And if you don't really want it, you're not going to get anywhere. You really have to have that drive. I mean, I've had some friends, people I know, come to me and say, hey, I've been thinking about maybe sports broadcasting, maybe broadcasting. My immediate answer is if you're just thinking about it and you're not so sure, I would say no. You know, you may be unsure about how competitive it is and worried about how to make it work. But if you're not really sure that's what you want to do, then I would just say no. Um, It's taken a full inner drive for me to, you know, pursue this the way that I have. You know, you always hit strange political, and ego situations where you're dealing with difficult people, and you can only believe what they say so much. You have to take everything everyone says with a grain of salt. Um, You can't beat yourself up too much with criticism. You know, I'm my worst critic for sure. Um, but I think that helps keep me, like, sharp and on my, you know, sharper and on my game. Um, I think that you have to realize the benefit of every opportunity. So, you know, what's an example of something I was asked to do? I mean, right now, you know, we're I'm producing some shows that I didn't know I'd be asked to produce. Um, but just, you know, with one of our, our main producers was on vacation last week, and I had to put together – and produce two of our shows, which normally I would just be in them, not producing them. Um, so I, you know, kind of got that done, and I could have just had a totally bad attitude about it. Um, but he had to take his vacation time, and and well, we don't have anyone else that could have done it at that time, you know, that, the burden fell on me, but I got it done. I figured it out. I, You know, in one of the shows I had a Redskin story breaking down Kirk Cousins' December performances and the importance of those. And then I had another story breaking down the Ravens um, the Ravens defense and the return of Elvis Dumervil and how their defensive line has kind of, you know, has really performed well for them, blah, blah, blah. So I had a couple stories in a show that I was kind of forced to produce, and I, you know, could have been a little salty about it, but I made the most of it. So I think make, making the most of every opportunity and just realizing how everything you're asked to do Can benefit you in some way. I mean, look at things selfishly sometimes. Like, how can this benefit me? Because I think if you do that, you will be your best, you know, and you will, it'll be better for the overall team effort and better for the overall product. Um, I think never be, never think of others as superior. So just because somebody has a lot of years in the business doesn't mean they're superior to you, it just means that they're older than you and that they've done well in their career. You know, it doesn't mean that they're better than you. So if you kind of think of it as, hey, we're all peers in this, even if you're just beginning your career, um, it'll help you kind of not be afraid of reaching out to them. You know, reach out to anybody and everybody. Some people are going to turn you down. Some people aren't going to have time for you. Some people, it just may be the wrong timing for them to help you. But there are going to be the few here and there that really believe in you and are an empowering mentor or empowering person to work around and get their advice and, you know, it's a subjective business so I could show my reel of all, everything I've done right now to five people and maybe four would hate it and one would love it, you know. And so that subjectivity makes it really difficult, but that's why you take everything people say with a grain of salt. So just look wherever you live in a big city or a smaller city for whatever opportunities may exist, whether it's high school sports or professional sports. I mean, my mentor tells me now when I'm doing a high school story, it doesn't matter if it's high school or if it's Redskins or if it's Wizards or if it's Maryland Terrapins, you know, just tell the best story you can, put the most effort you can into it, and and produce the best product you can regardless of the content. So, you know, if you're asked to do, you know, like a AAA baseball game, calling play-by-play for AAA baseball game, or if it's a little league type of thing, whatever it is, just take those opportunities to sharpen yourself, and that will carry a lot of weight and serve you well when the bigger opportunities come up.
0: Grace Olson, terrific advice. I, I really like it. I really appreciate it. And, um, you know, it, it, thanks for jumping on here. Is there, is there, um, is, where can people find you on social media and, and just kind of plug anything that you're kind of working on right now?
1: I am. I do have a Facebook journalist page. Um, you can search Grace Olson. Most people would assume it's E-N, but it's O-L-S-O-N. Um, That one I probably need to update more often, you know, making sure all my stories are constantly flowing on that page. But, you know, I'm always on Twitter. Um, It's Grace Olson TV, at Grace Olson TV, again, O-L-S-O-N. And then I'm also on Instagram um, at Grace underscore E underscore O-L-S-O-N. I'm on Instagram, and I do really use Instagram more as a, you know, space to upload pictures of me doing work-related things and things like that. So it's all clean on there, but, um, you know, that's where you can find me. Anyone's always welcome to reach out for questions, advice, anything like that. If you reach out to me on social media, I can give you my email address and we can go from there because I'm always willing to help um, anyone, even if you're older than me, you know, just in, in gathering your thoughts. It's always nice to hear what others have done, and it's just inspiring. You know, it's inspiring to hear other people's stories. That's why I love what you're doing here. Because regardless of where you are in your career, even if you hear about a younger person who's, you know, up and coming and what they've done, it can help give you that little boost of exhilaration and excitement about what you're doing yourself. So anyone's always willing to reach out to me about, you know, we can talk sports or we can talk careers or whatever you want.
0: Or if you need a paper edited, she loves editing her papers and grammar and everything, she's (laughs) really good at that. So reach out to her and send her your papers.
1: Exactly. I love that. Great point, There. Great point. Uh,
0: yeah, I'm going to send you my next fantasy football article, and I'm going to have you edit that for me if you wouldn't mind. Oh, my
1: God, you're totally welcome to do it. I'm excited to see it. You better send it
0: my way. <laughs> I usually send it to my dad. My dad's usually pretty good at that. But, you know, maybe I will take you up on that, invite, uh, on, uh, on that offer since, uh, you know, maybe I'll get a good sense of how your writing skills actually are. Maybe you can give me some, some advice too because I'm always looking for advice and, and, and ways to kind of improve my writing is, is, is always good since I'm just trying to get into that now.
1: Hey, just give me a ring, and
0: I'll help you out. No All doubt. right. There you go. Sounds good. Grace Olson. she's the, like we said, sports reporter, producer, MMJ, WUS9DC. And if you want an example of how great she is about somebody just randomly reaching out to her, that's how I got in touch with her, just randomly friending her on Facebook. She came up as people, somebody I may know, saw that she was in the sports media industry, and I was kind of going through your LinkedIn and whatnot, and I thought this would be a great person to spotlight, and you really were. Thank you so much for your time. You, you spent a lot more time than than I you know, would have anticipated, but that's fine. The more, the better. The more, the better here on the word with G Grace. Thank you so much for coming on, and we will talk soon. And I will definitely send you my fantasy football article.
1: Fantastic! I cannot wait to see it. I appreciate you having me on, and um, look forward to talking in the future.